Hey everyone, Trista Ford back with another playing around with the playbook this week. Today we're going to be talking to Jason Polis. So let's just give him a moment to log on and then we'll go get go ahead and get started. Very excited for this one. All right. Technology. Hi, Sean. <laughs> Doing well. It is that period where we are waiting for our guests to join. I'm sure you remember your technical difficulties took a while so we just have to bear with them do, 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 do. great 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 okay looks like he figured it out all right i'm gonna send him an invite Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for figuring it out. Yeah, I'm trying to put my camera right here. No, no, it's great, it's great. Sometimes people struggle for several hours or several minutes to get on, so, you know, it was quick. So while you're figuring that out, I'll just introduce you to the Playbook audience. But, you know, before that, I'll just say, uh, actually, um, I'll just introduce you right off the bat. So Jason Polis is a multi-instrumentalist specializing in saxophones, woodwinds, and guitars. Uh, a Stanford resident now, he grew up in Nevada and moved here after graduating from the Eastman School of Music. Jason currently co-owns and operates Stanford Recording, where he creates and produces music for many local regional artists, as well as commercial and film music. He performs regularly in the Connecticut near area with jazz, rock, and pop groups, including... Joe Scarborough from MSNBC's band, and he's also the assistant band director at Greenwich High School, which was not in your bio, but a very important fact. Yeah. True. True. We missed you at our, our big con end of the year concert yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday? Yeah. You probably, probably, yep. Man, man, man. Well, um, I'll just say for the playbook audience, uh, Mr. Polis was, or Jason, <laughs> was my... Uh, uh, band director in high school, partly, and he was a very big influence on me, and still is to this day. And I don't think I would be where I where I am now without his impact on my life. So very important to me. So I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. So I'll ask you our staple question: What have you been listening to lately? Hmm. Question. What? Uh, uh, there's a Verez piece of that I think is pretty amazing. Uh, and uh, checking that out. And uh, let's see, what else I do? Well, I do electronic uh, music. And so I have a lot of cool that have been showing me stuff they're into. So I'm kind of trying to play pop music with them. Awesome. Uh, 
Yeah, and then uh, I'm actually getting to try to make, make my own records this summer. Oh, nice. Cool, cool, cool. As I can see, making the record in your studio behind you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so a question we normally ask people is, um, was there a particular person or educator that inspired you to pursue music in the way that you have? Uh, let's see. Well, you know, I was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, in the and my band director, very good uh, band director. Um, he, even though we're still in nowhere, he had a great And he was a great, we had a, we had a large band for, for being a, a small town in the desert, probably had 180 people, 100 in our, in our band program. So I was, I was really lucky to see how music could be part of the school and how kids could really like to, you know, really enjoy doing it. I was always really serious. I was always just really into it. But lots of my friends so fun and they weren't as serious, but I, I was inspired by that. And um, he gave me enough solid opportunities that I, I when I went to Eastman, um, I was, and there's so many things I didn't know, but I, I did get enough experience out in Nevada that um, it gave me a good foundation. You know, so mm -hmm. yeah, I would say he inspired me a lot. When I went to Eastman, I had a, a ton of amazing teachers, and um, Fred Sturm was one of them. He passed away. Uh, Ray Ricker was my saxophone teacher, so he was he was very inspired. He he had us do a lot of really hard things, and uh, you had to really work. It was really cool. And then we had a um, Ralph Alessi, a teacher. He's he's a great musician. And Michael Kane, he's a piano player. So. Yeah, I was lucky. Probably like you. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, so going from, you know, teaching or going from, you know, performing and studying, you know, jazz performance to teaching and running, um, you know, a recording studio, like was, uh, was there a change in your mindset? What was that transition like? Yeah, so, you know, when, 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 we, when I went to eat, I came out, um, I had my music ed degree, but I also had a, a performance uh, degree in, in jazz and also classical saxophone. Um, and then when I got out, um, I spent a good year trying to playing jazz exclusively and playing, and I mostly played alto. So back then I'd mostly play, I played alto. I dabbled a little bit with the, with the doubles. Um, and I used to play guitar in high school. And then uh, once I, I, I played about a, a year or so in New York, and I remember playing at the Knitting Factory. Knitting Factory. And so we used to play at this place called the Knitting Factory. Uh, other places in the city do, but um, I remember being at a show and playing and just um, thinking, wow, the old, most of the people in the audience are jazz musicians. <laughs> Many not musicians. And so I just kind of felt like back then that I was playing for only jazz musicians. And I thought that that was, for me, I thought that was a little odd and I didn't want to go my whole life in that little echo chamber. So um, I got into, back into guitar and I got more into doubling. And then, um, and then I started, I, I built a studio. So I started doing 
uh, pop and rock and other things besides always played jazz. Uh, I love it. Um, and, but, uh, it was, it was good for me to diversify. And, um, I feel like the, 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 the music nowadays, that was back in 19, <laughs> 2000. Now, now it's really important to be listening to other things, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you for that. Um, and among those experiences, like, do you have a favorite experience teaching or performing that stands out to you or that you remember? Uh, well, favorite, I've had, I've, I, uh, I've had great times performing. I remember the first time when I was, when I was younger, younger than you, a couple of years younger than you. And, uh, I remember playing, believe it or not, with a country band out there and being on stage, being in the, with the lights and everything. And I remember thinking, man, this is just so fun. How could I not do this? You know, so I don't think that was my best performance ever, but <laughs> uh, being kind of uh, you know, really gave me uh, a direction because I was just, oh, man, how could you not do this? You know, so, um, but I've, I, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to play, you know, I've done, you know, you know, a lot of different kinds of groups and lots of, lots of you know, done some things in the studio. I used to do, um, kind of develop younger talent and then uh, put a for them and go into the play and try to get them going with that, you know, and, um, and then jazz gigs. And um, I spent a lot of just doing recording sessions. I've had phases where I just did the recording sessions here. So mm. um, I don't think I have one favorite performance, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, that's typically what most people say. They're like, I don't think I have one. Um, yeah. So, so it's the usual answer. Um, oh. Do you, uh, in your students, you know, at Greenwich High School and beyond, so I know you teach beyond as well. Um, what do you want them to walk away with um, at the end of your their time with you? My number one goal is for the students to like music for the rest of their lives, get more, get it more, just want to want to either listen or play play it for the rest of their lives in a in a kind of in a way that where it's a bigger part of their lives than if they hadn't done done taken one of my classes. So a lot of students are not going to be professional musicians. Um, but I try to treat them like they are going to be professional musicians mm -hmm. and their choice to uh, a pop or whatever they want to do. And then I think I try to teach them in a way where I think that they're, when they see a concert, they, let's say they turn on SNL and they watch the band play, that they'll be able to actually understand some things and maybe hopefully appreciate more types of because they know, you know, maybe even if they played clarinet and band, maybe. Mm -hmm. A, even a rock band, if they go see ACDC or whatever, they may maybe even playing the clarinet. May, maybe that gives them some insight into, you know, what what it's like to play with good rhythm, what it's like to, you know, have an ensemble that you got to balance out, and, and that kind. Of, that's a bit of a stretch going from clarinet to ACDC, but I try to think like that because all everybody mm -hmm. their own path. I mean, one of the things that I find feels um, for, um, you know, when I ask students in the classes who listens to music, everybody listens to music. So everybody, everybody already loves it. For yeah. the most part. 
Oh, there's always that there's always that one guy that's like I don't like music but yeah you don't find him but yeah they're out there but that's you know it's it's rare um, yeah yeah of course of course thank you for that and um for our last question our, of our interview would be um I'm not sure what you know Grand High School uses at this point because I remember there was like a smart music era and then there's like something else going on now in terms of like online <laughs> bit yeah. music. Um, but why do you feel or why do you not feel that like online music uh, platforms are important um, or not important in today's classroom? You know, it, it's been really interesting as we, you know, with COVID, there are schools a few months when we keep online. So we had to. We, we, we have to try out how effective is online teaching. And I really thought we were doing great things with the kids. Uh, we tried really hard. Um, and then this year they came back to class and we're on class. And it's just, just, you know, my experience has been way more engaging just being in the class. You know, I spent lots of time making guitar videos and, and uh, saxophone videos and clarinet and flute and all these things. And, um, Having the kids in the class seemed to be way more effective, um, probably for a lot of reasons. I, you know, I have a lot of kids that, that also tell me, especially in the electronic music, they say they learn a lot from YouTube. And that definitely is a great thing. Uh, they learn a lot from online things. But in a classroom setting, I was sort of surprised how much more effective it was just to have the students in the class. I made all these videos that I, that I really think were really good. But... Um, whether the kids got tired, I think a lot of them got tired of watching videos. And um, once they got back to class, I, I was able to get them moving quite a bit faster and in a, in a more, way more consistent way, uh, just having them in front of me, that kind of thing. We did yeah. start, and that was, uh, I, that can be, you know, effective, but um, there's not really a replacement. Like you and I used to do saxophone lessons at the, you know, in the, in the band room, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that still seems to be to me uh, really effective. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, in person is definitely very effective still. Um, so, you know, thank you for that sharing that answer. Um, and uh, in terms of, you know, walk, wanting your students to walk away with, you know, wanting to continue music for the rest of our life, you know, Clearly it worked. Um, so thank you so much for being here with us today on the podcast. It's a real full, full, full circle moment to have you on. So I'm very excited that you were able to come. Everyone continue to check out uh, Jason Polis <laughs> at uh, Jay Polis on Instagram and with Stanford Recording and some of his upcoming um, gigs and continue to follow, you know, Greenwich High School. Um, so you can check out Playbook at Playbook Jazz on Instagram or at thisisplaybook.com. Um, so I'm going to sign off now, but thank you, everybody. All right. Bye.